Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. I had a bit of a fun morning that we'll get to at the end of the show, but uh, good to have you here. We had to yeah, move had things to, around. Yeah, moving some things around, but we were able to uh, get together, which is good. Um, I didn't have a fun morning, haven't had a fun week, uh, but we're here. So, yeah, well, you know, woke up this morning in one piece, so, you know, uh, that's a start. That beats right? the alternative. That's actually not a bad segue to what's going on in Afghanistan, because there's a lot of people there who have a whole lot worse stuff going on. Yeah. Um, the, the finger pointing and the, and the, uh, you know, blame Biden, blame Trump, blame whatever is predictable. I, it's really small minded in my opinion, because frankly, there's a bunch of people who have a lot to blame, a lot of blame to go around here. And the whole concept of what they're doing, getting people out of Afghanistan to one airport while the government there is crumbling is not an easy task. Well, I mean, so there's a couple things. Like, yeah, there's a ton of blame, right? And there's, like, there's blame that goes all the way back to Ronald Reagan, right? And, and yeah. you know, who originally armed the Taliban. And, um, you know, we, and I don't, and I think you're right. That is small-minded. It's also pointless, right? right? I mean, because, like, whether you, I mean, people are like, well, it's more Trump's fault than blah, blah, blah. Okay, Whatever. none of that shit fucking matters, right? Um, I do, like, I, I got to be honest. Um, one, I've, I said... <laughs> All through 2020, I was not a fan of Biden. Yes, right? you did. Um, and one of my biggest issues with Obama was a lot of his foreign policy. Um, you know, and people were like, well, Biden is just a continuation of Obama's foreign policy. And no, it's no, not. Clearly not. He's not. And, and this, is, this is different, right? Because Biden was one of the people who was trumpeting for us to get out of Afghanistan and wanted to do just a cold stop, pull out. And, you know, Obama actually ended up sending more troops into Afghanistan, yep. if you remember, right? Like, so... Biden has been hell-bent on doing this exact thing. Now, look, I, I have also long said we need to get out of Afghanistan, and there was never going to be a good time to do it. But right. there was a caveat, right? You know, and we talk, again, we talked about this on the show was, look, okay, so we talked about, like, we got to get our allies out. We got to get the translators out. We got to get the people who helped us on the ground, the Afghan, because, you know, we knew that once we were gone, that their lives were at risk. Right. My assumption, and this is what happens when you assume, but my assumption was that I didn't need to also say that we have to get all the Americans out as well. Right. It was just an assumed thing that before we made any major pronouncements to the rest of the world, specific, specifically the Taliban, that we would have already began the process of getting Americans out. Right. And we would have began the process of getting our allies out on the ground. And basically, by the time you make this announcement, right, you basically have anyone who hasn't been trained to run and shoot, right, then you basically have all of those people accounted for and off the ground, right? That was, like, I didn't, what, I didn't think that that was something that needed to be said. Now, the Allies thing, the reason why I think we pointed that out is because we don't have a great history with that, you know, going back to Vietnam, Right. You know, we left a lot of people who ended up suffering a lot afterwards. And, and you can go down the list, uh, you know, sure. through through, you know, after that, where we just did a bad job with it. So I thought it was important to say it, but I didn't think it was necessary to say, hey, before you do something major like pulling everybody out, make sh you know, pulling the troops back. Right. 
make sure you get everybody off the ground, including U.S. citizens. Well, come to find out that we didn't do that. We didn't, we're, we, not even close, right? I mean, there's a lot of people on the ground still, U.S. citizens that are not in the military, that are there for different reasons, whether they're investigators or translators or, you know, nonprofits, contractors, contractors all that stuff. And I, the contractors is a different conversation, but... Um, well, there's different types of contractors. Yep. They're, they're not all, you know, military, you know, SEAL team, whatever. But um, there's just a lot of people on the ground who are very vulnerable, who we are now, you know, we're seeing what's going on, right? Like, we're, you're trying to get these people out. Like you said, there's only one airport. There's one airport in the entire country. I didn't know that for sure. No, like, that's for sure. I, that okay. is a fact. There is only one you. airport in the entire country of Afghanistan. It's in Kabul, Kabul, and and you're seeing what's going on. And we probably built it, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it's just like, and we can't, you know, and, and and you know, people are like, I can't believe the American troops can't hold the airport. Well, look, there's only one. We don't have that many troops there. We got we have to get them out. And oh, by the way, we have the entire Taliban. You know, knowing like, look, we can be like they know the game plan. There's only one way out. We have to fly out. And how do you fly out? You fly out through the one airport. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to be a great military strategist to know how to kind of fuck with things. You just go to that one point and, hey, look what you got, right? And then you mix that with the number of people that are trying to get out that we need to get out from Americans to our allies to people who are like, fuck, we don't want to be here when the Taliban takes over because life is going to get really, really shitty for everybody, right? No matter whether you are an ally or not, like these guys are on a different level and so you know i heard someone describe them as the well, the taliban is conservative like that's that's a nice word that's, that's an interesting word to describe the taliban but um it's accurate yeah it's it's accurate um i mean i used to love to call them conservative muslims to people who were like you know conservative christians like that's you <laughs> right I, I mean so it's just it's really sad to see how this is going and i'll and i'll be honest i will be honest um this is enough for me to say i can't vote for joe biden again Okay, it's not for me. It, it's, I, I mean, like, look, you, you're, you're, you've cost people lives in a situation that it didn't have to be. And it, look, I'm no fucking genius, and I get that this is hard, but there is no fucking way on my watch. There is no way. Right? And I, I think this goes for you, and I think this goes, like, I know for Obama, because Obama wouldn't do it. There is no fucking way I am doing this. I'm doing a withdrawal without having every single person on the ground accounted for who wasn't trained to shoot and run. Right? I, and, and, and the fact that you, if you can't fucking plan this out right, how the fuck can I trust you with the rest of my fucking country? I see your point of view. I disagree because that, I, think I mean, this that's is so fine. Complicated. But it's my fucking vote and fuck that. Oh, guy. Okay, I, that's, that's where that's I'm fine. at with him. Like, how can you fuck this up? You had everything going your way. You had you, you 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 had the infrastructure bill going your way, right? Like we're we're you know we're fight we're still fighting the the fight for uh, you know with COVID and everything else. But the job numbers were looking better. Things were looking better. You had everything going your way. They were literally celebrating like back to back wins. Things are going great. Then you pull this, and you're not prepared for it. Don't give me well we 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 knew it was going to happen fast. We just didn't know it was going to happen this fast. You weren't you're prepared. About the, you're talking about the collapse of the yeah, Afghan the, the, army? Yeah, the collapse of the Afghan government and the army, right? Like, I mean, like, they had the intel that, like, things were not nearly as secure as they thought it was going to be. And they've known this for a while. And the fact that this is what we're dealing with, where I've got Americans on the ground and I still have allies on, substantial numbers of allies on the ground who lives, whose lives are at risk because you didn't plan this out, right? You didn't take the time to do this the right way. I can't fucking forgive that. The only, the, the, so I, I think the... Now look, there's a caveat. 
If it's him versus Trump, then I can't, I can't fucking vote for Trump because we know he's a fucking moron and he doesn't make the situation any better. I personally don't think Biden's going to run again, so. I, I, I don't know, but I hope he doesn't because don't put me in a situation where it's between me and Trump or Biden and Trump and, and I have to choose. Because, like, this is, like, this, this is just, un, this type of fuck up is unforgivable. I'm sorry. I mean, your opinion, you're entitled to it. I think the idea that this could go smoothly is nuts. I don't need so, it to go smoothly. I need I need my people off the ground. Well, getting them off the ground is a very complicated thing because of the yeah, situation. Yeah, and so you take the time to do it right. You don't just say, no, that's fair. I've set an arbitrary date. We're going to do it by this date. And oh, fuck any sort of logistics or planning that goes into it. I want it done and we got it done. Well, they fucked up the date too. Because <laughs> May 31st was supposed to be the date. Right. But I think to me, the most unforgivable part is the lack of preparedness they had for the Afghan army. I heard Mike Pompeo say... Um, People need to understand this army is only 20 years old. You can't expect it to fight a hardened force like the Taliban. I'm like, 20 years is a fucking eternity. I mean, there's people who were not born when the Afghan military was being built that are fighting in it now or were. Right. So uh, that, that to me is the most unforgivable part, well, to not but properly train and arm the Afghan... Uh, look, it's, I don't think that there was... It does, there's no amount of time. The, the, the Afghans, like, they didn't fight. Right. Right. They, they're not fighting. They are, like they see the Taliban. They lay down their guns. And for the most part, there are some, sure. you know, sure. Afghani's, and, and there are even some citizens who aren't technically in the army who said, "Fuck this, I'm I'm going to fight." But for the most part, a majority of the Afghan army, with air quotes around it, are just there. There there is no fight. They're not fighting. There's no and and I don't think that there's any amount of time that you could train them that changes that. Right, we you should can give them weaponry that is more sophisticated than what the Taliban probably has. I think, well, but we'll you don't. But, but again, it does. If they're not willing to fight, it doesn't matter, right? right? The Taliban has fucking AK-47s and fucking Toyota 4Runners, right? Like, how yeah. much more sophisticated give, weaponry give, do we need? Give, give them Bradleys and give them whatever. Unfortunately, if I, I mean, but if I give them a Bradley, like, what, if I give them a Bradley, they're going to climb out of it, get on the ground, get on their hands and knees, and beg to not be killed, and then the Taliban now has a Bradley. Well, let's, let's jump into that, because the Taliban now has a bunch of Bradleys and a right. bunch of other shit, because, as we always do, we leave behind shit tons of weaponry, and in this, I saw, I, you gotta be careful when you read an article about something like this, and you see a picture, that picture might not represent what's actually happening, yep. but the picture I saw was a shit ton of armored vehicles. So, if you think citizens don't have a chance against the, against the Taliban with horses, Toyota 4Runners, and AKs... Give them Bradleys, give them whatever. Right. And, you know, fortunately, there's, it's probably not something that, if I, if I jumped into a Bradley, I doubt I could just drive it. I'm sure there's a lot of training that goes into it. You can't. Okay. But, I mean, I just, I, having been inside one, I, like, it's Okay, like, could, could you? No. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, what, what's the learning curve? It's got to be substantial. It's, I mean, it's, it's not, it, it, look, some of the guys who drive these things are It's not like driving a stick. Are, right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like flying a jet. But like right. there's still like there's there's still a number of sequences and shit that you got to figure out, and it, you know it's it's not it, you know it's not like hopping in and, and, and driving a Honda Civic. But shouldn't they? All right, back to so back to your point. What's forgivable? What's not? What's unforgivable to me is to leave these things behind intact. And we do it all the time. But we do, and, 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 and that doesn't make it that doesn't make it something that you forgive. But like it's just like you know, like I mean, here's the deal. Like we ha we can't just look at this in a vacuum. 
we have to look at the the entire picture. You know, like I don't give a fuck what they say. They knew that the Afghan army was going to fall when they left. Period. The question wasn't if it was when. Okay. How fast yeah. were they going to give up? Right? Like they just they had a bunch of people who didn't have the heart to fight. Okay. So with that, if you know that you've got a government that's going to fall, if you have an army that won't fight, and you've got a, a Taliban that is coming with a vengeance, you looking at all of those things, to your point, how the fuck are you going to leave all this shit behind? Because it's not going to be the Afghan army who's going to jump in after you and say, all right, we got this from here. No, they are putting their guns down, laying down on the ground and hoping that they don't get killed. Meanwhile, the Taliban is hopping in and grabbing this shit. Now, what they can do with it, I don't know. But there's another issue. You have China and Russia who are extremely happy that we're leaving because they want in. Right. They want in because they want control of the minerals, of, of you know, the oil, precious metals, all that shit. Right. Not to mention that, you know, the positioning for them works for a number of different reasons. Right. Like, so pretty sure there's somebody in the Chinese army who can figure out how to how to drive an American Bradley. Right. I'm pretty sure there's people in the Russian army who can figure that shit out. And I'm pretty sure that you, you have both those institutions working with the Taliban in some way, shape or form. Why don't you just blow throw a grenade in the tracks of a you know? Disable it. I'm not, I know you're throwing away billions of dollars and stuff, but I'd rather throw away billions of dollars of stuff than leave it in the hands of a group that is not a big fan of ours, in case you hadn't heard. Right. I mean, and I'm sure they've come down and said it all comes down to cost, right? I mean, which, when it comes to the U.S. defense budget, like, are, are you serious, right? right. Like, it's all, oh, it costs too much to bring it back, so we just leave it over there. Right. I mean, it's just like, all right, fine. We know you're not going to use it, but bring it back and figure out a way to decommission it here stateside um, instead of doing what you're doing for the exact thing that you're talking about. Now, how much, now what, how, how functional is this shit that we're leaving behind? We don't know. We don't know. And maybe, maybe they do do something to it to disable it. And I think that's a question that I can ask. I know a number of people who have, you know, who, who, you know, were kind of on the tail end of, of us getting out of Iraq. Um, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but who left how nice is it not to do that? I don't know. I, 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 Jim, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that, that's a question for the Secretary of Defense and, right. and, and a number of other people, you know, way, way above, you know, anybody we know's pay grade. Yeah, well, you said that, uh, that the Chinese and the Russians are happy about this. You know who else is happy about this? Defense contractors. Because they got paid to build this shit, and now they get to build more because everything that they built was left behind. So they're going to make billions of dollars off of that. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I, when you actually, it's funny when you put that in there. I, I didn't read the article that you had put in there, so I. But yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I thought you were referencing something else, but okay. yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Well, I was thinking about some of the the the, the contractors, you know, that get paid to go in. You're thinking and, more and, like Blackwater. And- yeah, yeah, and and it's just like. You know where where do they fit into this? You know, instead of sending in, uh, you know, the military to 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 sort of aid what we're doing, do we send in defense contractors oh. to help get you know U.S. you know to get Americans and and our allies out? And I don't know, maybe that's an option, maybe it's not, because again, how do you get them in the country? Um, no, I was going specifically for the amount of money that's going to get made in new contracts to replace the stuff we left behind. I worked with a guy who was in the Navy, and years ago, I think it was when we were doing the old show, he actually reached out to me on, on probably on Facebook, maybe texted me and said, the reason they leave shit behind is for that exactly that reason. Now you got to manufacture more. So every rifle, every tank, every whatever is going to get 
budgeted to be replaced and there's no one who has the guts to say, we really don't need this. And in fairness, maybe we do. And the stuff that's not there anymore, if we need it, you don't build that in, it's not a Ford plant assembling F-150s. I mean, building a Bradley, building a tank doesn't happen in a shift. It's, well, yeah, I, and I don't like, look, I, I get the cycle in, in, uh, look, the industrial military, the military industrial complex, uh, yes, it is, you know, a lot of people have issues with it. I, I don't, as much as some of, some of the other people, I, I don't necessarily care, right, about the defense contractors. I don't know. Uh, I do. Make your muscle or make your money. I don't care. But at least, like, look, you can still do all that stuff and just bring it back and then decommission it here. Right, like, why the fuck we leave it over there for somewhat? Like, even if they do a, a, some sort of a, a, a quick job, to, so that it, you know, like they basically do the equivalent of taking the keys and taking the battery out. Yeah, um, I think you know, it's just like, well, why don't we just do that over here? We can recycle the material and and, and put it back though, to use. I, I, you know what I mean? Because I do, but to your point, it, there's one airport. So how do you get it out? Of, how do you get a, a tank? out of there when you're trying to get people out. Well, but I, again, I think that you have to do this, like the idea that you can just do abruptly do this and say, all right, we've set an arbitrary date. We want everybody out by this point in time and we're gonna do it in mass scale. That's the mistake, right? You have to do this slowly over time and you slowly start to work, you know, like you, you slowly start to get some of the nonprofits out. And then, you know what I mean? You sort of back your way into you know what I mean? And, and you don't make these big pronouncements, right? Like, we're going to be out by this by this certain date, right? It's like, no, don't tell them that you're doing that. Before you say anything, slowly start to shut down these nonprofits one by one. Like, hey, you guys have another month, and then you need to go, right? And then you, you go to the next one. Hey, you guys have, you know, a few weeks, then you need to go. And then you start to work. You, you get your most vulnerable people out. You get, you know, Peace Corps Mary and her team that are, you know, trying to get the kids shoes and food you got to get them out first. Appreciate the mission, but you're in danger. You can't shoot. You're not running, and maybe you can, but you're not trained to. So get out of here. And then you work your way back so that then the only people left at the end are the people who can stand and fight to fight their way out, and then you get them out. Right? This it, idea of, like, we'll just get everybody all out at once, and, and hopefully nobody figures out what we're doing or where we're going. Like, it's ridiculous. The one thing, the one thing that I will say that I think they did right is they had representatives of the Taliban and of our Defense Department in Qatar, negotiating, and I don't I remember the name. Of the, I don't give a fuck about that. I, 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 I can't I, trust the Taliban as far as you well, can hold, control hold, me. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on. You can tell them, which they did. They told them, "We're trying to get out. If you make us make our exit as convenient as possible, we won't shoot the shit out of you." If they're you don't, not we doing won't. it. Well, and we're and, no, and then oh, we're I, not I, shooting I, the shit out of them. I, I don't know if we are. I don't. I don't know if we are. We know. For, I know for a fact that they, the Taliban isn't doing what they said they would do. Right? They are beating people and dragging them and killing them in the fucking street. Americans, Jim. Americans. We know for a fact that this is happening. I you know can't that. trust those fucking people, I, I, and that's why you had to have a goddamn plan. I understand you can't trust them, but we. No, you don't. If you're saying, "Oh, I like the fact that they were no, at the table," no, you, 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 you should have never had them at the table. You should have got the fucking people out. And now people are losing their lives. Sorry. Okay, this is going to be a fun one to sound mix. I, I still give them credit for having something going on besides just, all right, we can disagree, but it's better than nothing, isn't it? No, it's not. This is zero-sum game. It's not you because you're not the one who just got their fucking head blown off by the goddamn Taliban. I'm a, if you think I'm supporting the Taliban, you're badly misrepresenting me. You're supporting just a, a ridiculous idea. 
Numbers. Right, this is I'm, fucking war. Yeah. You're not bringing these assholes to the table. You can't fucking trust them. We know for a fact that you can't trust them. We got 50 fucking years of knowing that we can't trust these goddamn people. Moving on. I mean, I was going to say to you, I, I think it's better. Right, we're not going to come to an agreement here. You've clearly, why are we in Afghanistan? Why, 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 well, why, why are we there? That, okay, we know why we're there. We're there because we went to root out Al-Qaeda after 9-11, after which we did. Um, and what now, made it so hard for us to get out? Well, in my opinion, defense contractors making shit tons of money. <laughs> the uh, Taliban. The Taliban well, is part of your fucking problem. Yeah, they're, they're a huge part of the problem. I don't understand. I, the whole reason. The whole reason. The whole reason. Our intelligence told us, hey, when we leave, the Taliban is going to take over. The Afghan government that we set up is going to fall. The army is not going to fight. These guys are going to come in and they're going to murder people. Okay? And, and that's see, see, that, true. That, that's, and, and that would be that would <laughs> true if we pulled... So, we killed bin Laden in 2010? Mm -hmm. Okay. If we would have said, that's it, we're out... 2011. Okay. Um, if we would have said then, that, all right, mission accomplished, we're pulling out, there was still... that This, this mess would have happened then as well. There's no clean way I, out look, of this. There's never a good time to do it, and there's no clean way to do it, but there's still a better way to prepare for it, and the idea that negotiating with the Taliban has anything to do with that preparation, that's the mistake oh, okay. that you're making. That's okay. what I'm saying. All right. You know, I, again, at least you have a mechanism for what we can do. I don't know how many Americans have been killed by the Taliban. You're not The, the number isn't going to be zero, no matter what, when you're doing something like this. It's a fucking mess. Right. And, 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 and you've got, you got the plan so, in a way that minimizes that. Right, and, and, and this... I think that's a step towards minimizing that. The, we're here, you're here, if your boys do the wrong thing, we're dropping a daisy cutter there. How's that going for you right now? Well, it's, again, I don't, I don't know, like, we agree this was never going to be clean, right? Yeah. How messy is it compared to how bad it could be? It could be a whole lot worse, I'm saying it's, and you're right. I know I'm... How? There could be, just literally, they could be blowing up the runways at the Kabul airport... And yeah, then you can't get I, anyone out. I, I, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, just blow up the whole airport and then, you know. Just start shelling the airport, shooting at planes as they leave, things like that. Now, that's one of the things coming out. If you shoot at our planes, we will be engaged in direct fire with you rather than trying to figure out as we go or trying to figure out who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. I mean, look, there was something on Fox News where there was, I, I don't know who the guy was. I, I think he was a part of the Navy SEAL team that went in and got bin Laden. Okay. And he made a statement that sounds brutal, right? The soundbite, he said if it, was, if it was him, it was up to him. He would grab Americans. You know, he would grab as many as he can get on his, on his, you know, on his backside. And he would just go through the street. And if you approached them, he would shoot you. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, that's not the attitude to have. And that oh, sounds like, no, that's the that's attitude. attitude to have. Okay. That's the, exactly the attitude that you have. I'm sorry it sounds brutal. And if you're like, but this is that's, fucking no, war. That's, yeah. That, right? No, this I have is no problem a war with that And the Taliban, like, they're, they're, like, those people want to, they hate us. They want, they want to see us dead. Yeah. Right? Like, they're, they're playing politics, but they are, they are, they're fucking warmongers. Yeah. Right, like, and I'm speaking specifically about the Taliban. Like, those, the, like, fuck them. Yes, I would do the same exact thing. Grab as many Americans that I could, that I can know that I can protect. And then, if you approach me, I am putting a round through your head. I'm going do, down I'd the be, street. I'd be doing it from a Bradley. You know, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, like I'm gonna put a round through you. Right. But you know, I mean, like that. That's just 
No, like that's, that's how. That, like, like that's that's the. But the logistics are so fucked up. I mean, you're trying. I was thinking about this. If I was trying to evacuate West Virginia or five thousand people from West Virginia, where communications are shitty, terrain is fucking brutal, right. and Afghanistan is way worse. Yeah. Um. So I just think that it's so complicated, so difficult, and I guess one of the real fuck ups was there was a list of everyone who went in. But not a list of everyone who left. It's like how, dude. I, I work. I, I, I work. I had with to prove when I left and entered Canada. I work enough with the government to know that that's. It's not surprising. Not a surprise. Okay, but it's still a major fuck up. Right. Like I, I mean, said, when I entered and exited Toronto, there was documentation of it. Slightly less important than who's in Kabul. Right. But again, it's not just Kabul, it's a whole fucking country. It just it's I mean, I've worked in office buildings where they know who you know what I mean? They know when you go and they know, right. they know when you right. come in you and they know when you go. You badge in right. and badge out to go to work. Right. And I know it's not that simple, but it kinda is. But when you're talking about national security yeah. and war yeah. zones and, and, and US citizens and the federal government, it kinda makes sense. Now, I realize it can be difficult to keep track of people. Sure. Right? I mean, because certain people don't necessarily want you to know where, you know, sure. being in and out and where they go and everything else. But you, you're only going to have so many secret agent, undercover CIA yeah, spies right, and everything exactly. else. Like a majority of the people you, you do need to keep track of. And it's not that hard to keep track of them if, if there's an effort being put forward. And the fact that you've got this really incomplete list, right? Like, you, you know, well, well 5,000 well, people went in and we don't right. have any idea how many people came out. Right. It's not like a fire dribble. Everyone go to your zone and wait there. Right. Um, so I, I respect your opinion. I, we disagree on some stuff, but I respect your passion and I respect how seriously you're taking this. I kind of wish uh, my second favorite girlfriend, uh, Lauren Bobert, had the same level of respect for what's going on because she was tweeting stuff about um, people running, you know, just... I don't remember the exact tweet, but she put out a bunch of really shitty stuff. Well, so there were people, you know, I mean, there was a there's a picture, an image, video of you know people running after the plane and and you know falling and you know there was uh, there's reports of people you know holding on to the landing right, gear and then right. falling out of the air and I know they found a person, you know, dead who was still attached to the landing right. gear, you know, which oddly enough made me think of Dave Chappelle and Conair. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and her comment was, well, at least they don't have to worry about mean tweets, you know, referring to Donald Trump and, you know, him being banned from Twitter and people right, saying right. they weren't voting for him because of his tweeting. And it's just like, you know what? I, I don't even like you're like, go fuck yourself. Seriously. Right. Like, I mean, just with a cactus dildo, you know, <laughs> I mean, like just <laughs> I was, you know, I can't punctuate anybody. Right, like, I just just get the fuck out of here with that garbage. Like you're a fucking congresswoman and just. What a shitty way we've gone with the yeah. people we've put in the office. No doubt. You know, I mean, just who, you know, just no, like, look, I mean, these people are fighting for the light and like somehow that a reference to Trump, like what, you think that this is a victory lap for Trump? Right. There's right. a you lot really of people treating that way. You well, really Trump, think this is a victory lap for Trump knowing what him and fucking Mike Pompeo did leading up to this? Right. Like, does it make any sense to blame Trump specifically? No, because Biden has blood on his hands. Trump and Pompeo have blood on their hands. Obama, Obama Bush, like you Bush, said, Reagan, Clinton. You know, Bush one goes back to Reagan. So you know, no one walks out of this clean. And the idea that, well, you know, had we had we reelected Trump, that somehow this now maybe now listen, maybe Trump ends up never doing this because they're like, look, this it's going to be ugly no matter what. And so he was probably never going to really execute what he was saying because 
um, you know, because of this, but uh, it's, you know. I mean, he's been going around saying, well, if I was in charge, well, dude, you were. You were. You were there for four years. And I will give Trump credit. Getting out of Afghanistan was one of the things he said was his goal. Right. And that was one of the things I now, think he got right. I, now, and I, and I think that, I think that what happened was, this is one of the, maybe the few times he listened, but maybe they said, look, I don't think there's a good way to do this without you looking, like, you know, without this going to shit. Very and possible. They, and I think they said, okay, well, then we, we won't do it. I mean, <laughs> Wait, I'm going to look bad? Fuck right. this. You know, and, and I think that Biden probably got the same intel and said, fuck it, I can do it because, you know, Trump can't do it, but I can because I'm right. super smart and I'm Joe and I'm an elder statesman and look at this. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, don't eat your ice cream just yet because this is actually an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> Again, I do think it could be worse, but it's still fucking awful. True. I mean, and, like, yeah. I anything mean, can always be I worse, mean, right? That's it's literally like, like going to the guy who, like, got his arm blown off. Like, could be worse. Yeah, could have been both know? arms. Like, could have been both arms. <laughs> could be your legs. Like, but I don't know if that guy's going to be super thrilled with right, you at that point. I understand. I understand. I'm, again, I'm not trying to minimize the loss of human life or, or, or anything of that sort. Um, but Trump is... Um, is uh, you, you told me he got booed in Alabama for promoting the vaccine. Yeah, was, the cult told, is turning on him, potentially. Yeah, I mean, look, but I've told you this, right? Like, Trump represents an idea, right? And his supporters, like, now he is a figurehead, but you can replace figureheads. And now, like, he's literally started something that has outpaced and outgrown him. Right, he's yeah. becoming less relevant, but yet you let the monster out. No, right? Like, I mean, it, it just like you know, you let the tooth, toothpaste out of the tube, and you can't put it back in, right? Like, I mean, right. he wafer, you know, he waffled back and forth about the vaccine, and 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 you know whether he got it and whether people should get it, and and he knew well the Democrats are saying you should get it, so I'm going to not say anything about it or not say anything positive about it, blah blah blah. You know, and now he's trying to encourage people to get it, and he's kind of having to deal with the repercussions of it. Um, you know, there's not much to say about it other than like this is, you know, this is the bed that you made. Now you got to sleep in it, you yeah. know, because these people are booing you and saying that they don't need a vaccine and they're not going to wear masks. And these are the people that are going into the hospital that are, you know, in taking up ICU beds. I mean, like, look, there's a different story every night of a different city who is out of ice, who is out of ICU beds. Right. Right. And it's predominantly COVID patients It's predominantly COVID patients who have not been vaccinated. Yep. So look, overwhelmingly like 98% oh, oh, right. I mean, of the a, ICU. A, right. Like, yeah. Are there people who have been vaccinated who got COVID again, who are in the ICU? Yep. And again, the COVID vaccine isn't a hundred percent bulletproof, bulletproof bodysuit against, you know, COVID and not getting it. Um, or even the you know the worst symptoms, but it's it's a pretty good uh, it, it's it's a pretty good uh, prophylactic to prevent you from right. getting it. And if you do get it, then it minimizes the symptoms, right? And yeah. that's and that it keeps you out of the hospital. It keeps you out of ICU. It keeps you from being intubated. It keeps you from dying. Uh, but people want to people all 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 of a sudden everybody's a super smart virologist right. scientist and they know everything and and you know they're gonna trust their health and their immune system. Meanwhile, most of these people are overweight, eat like shit, have sleep apnea, fucking drink themselves, you know, drink nonstop, and it's like, all right. So you know, you got a ton of people who are very unhealthy all of a sudden who have decided that they have the healthiest immune systems in the right. world to fight off any and all diseases. Good luck with that. Um, that's your base that you love and that have supported you so much. And hopefully, you know, the 2% that get knocked off from this thing doesn't impact their ability to vote for you. 
Right. Well, I <laughs> you mean, know. I wonder. I wonder how much that calculation comes into play for some of these fucks. It's like, you know, they've been saying you're free. You can do this. You can do this. But if you're dead, you can't vote for me. And I won by ten thousand votes. And <laughs> maybe we should reconsider this because right. Because everyone loves to point to oh, it's just it's just one percent. It's just two percent of people who contract yeah. it, right? And you get more and more people who are contracting it, and all of a sudden that one percent. You know what I mean? Like. What's 1% of a million? Right. What's 1% of 10 million? Right. What's 1% of 100 million? This is right. not an actual math quiz, is it? I'm not supposed to be <laughs> no, answering this. I mean, I would fail. 10,000. Uh, but, I mean, either way, like, I uh, mean, the numbers are growing, and those numbers aren't beneficial to the GOP. I mean, they're bad for everybody, and I think that there's, you know, we politicize something that we really should not have. That's obvious. Um, but I don't think that they're really looking at this strategically. The people, you know, your right. DeSantis and your Greg Abbott who are really, you know, in a lot of your red states and the governors down there just deciding that it's more important to make this big political stand than to keep their people safe. And it's, it's, it, 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 it may cost them a lot of elections literally because you don't have enough people to vote for you. Right. Or if people get affected by it. They listen to you and they say, I trusted you and I spent four weeks in ICU, by the way, costing me $57,000 in medical bills. Yeah. Probably I mean, an underestimate. Just today, I read a story on Twitter. A guy, he said, you know, a, a story about my wife uh, recovering from COVID, a thread. So I read this thread, and this guy, him and his wife both got COVID. The wife ends up in the hospital. She ends up intubated. He goes as far as to, you know, basically, you know, redo the will and make funeral arrangements and all this other stuff. She ends up turning around and she makes it. But, I mean, obviously that's a very harrowing experience. Sure. So, you know, at the end of it, he goes through and just says, like, look, I'm, I'm traumatized by this. My wife is traumatized by this. It's very serious. And, you know, afterwards someone asks, like, were you vaccinated? And he says, no, we don't trust the government, you know, and, right. and, 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 you know, the person on Twitter is just like, well, I, I, you know, I wish I would have known that before because I wouldn't have read any further. You kind of get what you deserve, right? Like in, at no point in time, have you acknowledged that you were stupid and that you were putting other people at risk, you guys put yourselves at risk. And now this is kind of what happened. And I thought that was a little bit harsh at this point. Like it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point, but you know, to that end, like, you know, that guy, you know, doesn't trust the government, but, you know, like, you go back through his Twitter feed, big Trump supporter, you know, every, anything that Greg Abbott said, he supported, anything that DeSantis said, he retweeted, um, you know, as it related to COVID and the vaccine and all this other stuff. And now you're here and you're, you're, you, you got like, hey, everything we warned you about, like, hey, this, the vaccine can help kind of prevent some of this. Like, it happened to you. Right. At some point in time, you got to acknowledge that, hey, maybe we should have reconsidered that vaccine. And if you haven't, it might be a good idea to go get it before this happens to you. Because even if you don't die, and that's the other thing, is people focus on, well, so -so, they didn't die. Like, yeah, his wife didn't die, but like she was on, she knocked on death's door. And the damage that it must have, it, that it had to have done to her heart and to her lungs, she ain't bouncing back from that tomorrow. You know, right. she's, she's still in physical therapy, and I guess this all went down over the course of the last, you know, six weeks to two months, right? Like, and listen, as a person who had COVID, like, I had it to the point where, you know, I mean, like, I, I couldn't move. I mean, I literally pissed myself trying to get to the bathroom because I couldn't move. I was moving so slow that the best I could do was just fall into the bathtub and just piss and then get up, dump my clothes, and take a shower. Um, and... Literally, I had to force myself 
to, to start moving and walking so that my lung capacity wasn't permanently damaged. And that was probably the best thing that I could have done for myself, even though like 12 days in, aside from not being able to smell and taste, which was brutal because I couldn't eat. But aside from that, like when I first tried to walk on the treadmill, I tried to walk. My goal was to walk for five minutes and two minutes in, I literally got lightheaded and almost passed out. So I had to start at two minutes and I added 30 seconds every other day for the course of like two weeks and then eventually was able to get yeah. up to a 10 minute walk, 10, a 10 minute walk, right? Where I was a 10 minute walk where I was barely getting, uh, you know, the equivalent of a lap and a half in where prior to that, you know, I was running a 10 minute mile. So, I mean, this thing is, is, is fucking brutal and it's devastating. And just cause you don't die doesn't mean it doesn't right. have lasting effects. And not to make it financial, but the amount of debt you could incur as a result of this. I have a friend who lost her dad to COVID and because he died, he, he won't be able to collect it, but they got the bills and they were in the hundreds of thousands. Now he spent like three weeks in ICU. Yeah. That's but I mean, that's hundreds expensive. of thousands. Look, the healthcare system is having no, is taking no mercy on these people. Right. Right. It's just like, Hey, saved your life or we didn't either way. Here's a bill. Right. I mean, and it, you know, and I don't, I mean, that's, this is going to play out in the legal system for years. And again, that's, I'm not trying to put money over human life, but that's well, just when you another, got a healthcare system like ours, where it's ran by private industry, they uh, are, that, but well, well, they literally, they look at, by definition puts money over human right. life. That's what they do to make money. Yes. But you know, if you let me go down this tangent, I'll go on a rant. Um, but something else you said, I don't know if it's in the show or previous one, uh, we, we talked in the past about like, what does the, with the discourse and the, the anger and the, and the politicizing of everything, you've said that there's going to be bloodshed. And I've always pushed back at you and said, what's it going to look like? I think we've now seen what it's going to look like. Because Floyd Ray, Floyd Ray Rosebury literally encompasses this whole thing. He, he drove his truck from North Carolina to D.C., had to, had to advertise it on social media... Like he, first of all, he parallel, like he parked his truck on the sidewalk of the Library of Congress. Right. Right. Like he pulls up to the Library of Congress, which you've ever seen is like really magnificent building, and he pulls up on the sidewalk right in front of it, like in a big black, you know, Dodge truck, and it's just like, all right, well, that definitely doesn't seem in the right place. Right. And then started Facebook living. Yep. His intentions, you know, he was getting his, for lack of a better word, manifesto out there. Yeah. And said, "I'm willing to die for this," and you know, and. He, all right, first of all, I don't want to overplay him because he's obviously fucking crazy. Now, whether he's crazy but Lucid, has been, tra- right. had been, been trained to be that way, I don't know, and I'm fearful that he is. I'm fearful that he's listened to the, the propaganda, the Tucker Carlson's, the well, Rush Limbaugh's. Well, he clearly has, right? If we look at what some of the stuff he was talking about, right? Undocumented immigrants. Um, um, starting a revolution. Um, speaking directly to Joe Biden about like Joe, I don't, you know, I, do you want do you want bloodshed? Do you want someone to die? I don't want to die, but I'm willing to die for the cause. Uh, we need airstrikes in Afghanistan. Um, he wanted Biden to resign. Um, he's got health issues, and his health insurance doesn't cover his illness or his wife Ill, his wife's illness. Um, and you know, like, so he's he's talking about all these different things, and clearly he's bought into. Uh, the the conservative you know talk show talking points right. and narrative, um, and and I don't know what his health issues are, but it seems like they could be mental health issues. We don't know what his wife wife's health issues are, but I mean, 
you know, it's serious enough to a point where this guy is so desperate that he pulls this move. And they said there were possible bomb-making materials in his truck. They didn't find any live explosives. Um, and so there's an argument that this is a cry for help or, or attention. And, and look, I'm not going to give the guy a pass because he had a mental health episode or breakdown. No, you or can't whatever. threaten to blow up the right, library of Congress. Threaten to blow up the Library of Congress and kill you know hundreds of people, if not thousands. You can't you know do basically try to hold the president of the United States hostage by threatening the lives of other people if he doesn't resign. Um, but it goes to like your point, like is more of this coming? Do we have to worry about more of this because you have more people that are not not super stable that have bought into this narrative that are now lost and confused because none of the you know none of the 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 prognostication right. about Trump and his great you know return accomplishments and return and and everything else none of it's coming true so you're going to have more and more people that start to kind of break with reality and now we're, now this is sort of the 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 fallout if you want the ultimate illustration of him breaking from reality he said basically he was encouraging other people to take up arms the way he is and he used the expression, if you can save one life, it's worth doing. Like, dude, you're in a truck that you're saying you're going to blow up. Right. Saying you're doing it to save lives like, is fucking... Right. Like, like I mean, if, you if, your, if your brain can go that haywire, yikes. Right. Like, you're going to blow up yours, so you're not going to say that. You're definitely not saving your own life if right. you do what you say you're going to do, how you're going to do it. Not to mention you're going to kill other people. So who's... Whose right. life are you like, saving? Like, it, I, like we're trying to rationalize like the thoughts of right. a person who's not all there, and so I think we, you know, we're, we're going down. That's a, a fool's a, errand, right? Yes, exactly. So we should stop doing that. But to that point, like, how many other people out there are like this? I don't know, and I, and I think we've seen various iterations of this. This just happened to be targeted at the Library of Congress and got a lot right. of attention. But I mean, we've seen a number of in just in the media, and fuck, we've talked to people, right? Like, I mean, just sitting at some of these bars oh on the west God, side yeah. of Cleveland, of people that aren't far from this guy, right? Um, and and that's that's scary. And and the question is, does it get better or worse, right? Soon, like, what happens first? Does it get worse before it gets better? Almost certainly, right? How does it yeah. not? How does it not? And. You're right. You know, he's he. If he didn't feel the need to broadcast his stuff live, which makes me think of the movie Fifteen Minutes, where it's like I want to be bad and famous at the same time. Like I know what I'm doing is dramatic. I mean, he wouldn't view it as bad. He views it as saving lives, which is fucking crazy. But whatever. But he's got to do it with a social media presence in the movie Fifteen Minutes, which is not a bad movie actually. Um, De Niro and Ed Burns, good movie. Um, but, you know, he felt the need to say, here's what I'm doing. Look at me. Look at me. And if he hadn't done that, and he actually did want to blow shit up, he probably would have gotten away with it. Or right. Would have but, I mean, I think part of it, you word, know, but. like one of the things where he's talking about starting a revolution, in order to do that, you have to get the message out to the other revolutionaries. True, true. Right? Like, so, and I don't, I don't think that this guy had a, had a well-thought-out plan. I think that's a fair statement. But, I mean, and I also think that, look, you didn't have explosives. You didn't, I think it was, it feels like it might have been a suicide mission. Right? Maybe. And then he sort of had a, 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 a moment of clarity and said, well, let me get out and just get on the ground and hopefully they'll yeah. kill me. Um, and and I'm sure what will happen is he'll kind of like maybe if he's off his meds or they get him back on his meds, he kind of comes back around. And then who knows how this works? I mean, because I could easily see OAN Newsmax getting their hooks into this guy and, and trying to make him into an almost a hero, martyr, yeah. hero type. Like, well, you he's know, not but, a martyr because he's not dead. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said an almost martyr, right. 
where you know Biden's, you know Biden and, and Harris's, you know, terrible plan for socialism and communism and handing the country over right, to China right, right, drove right, right. this guy to madness, and and by the grace of God, he was saved, and he's able to talk with us here today from his cell. One, one, of, know, one of my I mean, friends from the comedy scene, who is black, said that you know he the authorities arrived and they shot him full of bullets, and thank God he's dead. I'm just kidding. He's white. <laughs> and is there an element of that in your mind, like? Are you fucking kidding me? If if no, I, I won't go that far. I mean, they you know they didn't kill the DC sniper. That's true. You know, I mean, there, but he wasn't in a vehicle. <laughs> I mean, they arrested him. True, the, but it, they arrested him. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, like, look, we've, I, I mean, thought, we've seen we've seen it go south for for plenty of, of of you know black people with their interactions with police. But I think with stuff like this, um, you know, I th- I think there's gets, a lot of visibility it's tough there's now. a lot of visibility and and you know if it's just joe blow on the block right if it's just pulling walter scott over on the street and it's just you and your body cam you're going to have a little less deference than you know something in front of the library of congress in, the, in front yep. of the library yep. of congress okay, you know very, what I mean? good point um speaking of in front of the library of congress robert reader was scheduled to be sentenced for his role in the um in the January 6th, in, 6th insurrection, and before his sentencing, they delayed it because a bunch of shit that he said was proven to be false. And one, one thing I want to say, he claimed, I'm a registered Democrat. I hear so many right-wingers use that as an ex- excuse, including family members of mine. There are people who register as Democrats so they can use that cop-out argument like, I'm not against so-and-so for this. I'm a registered Democrat. You registered as a Democrat to vote against Hillary in a primary, Period. That's why you are that. Maybe, views, or, I mean, I Trump was a, a Democrat. You know, I mean, Trump was a Democrat for years. Uh, like, a registered yeah, Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivanka and Jared, I think, are still registered as Democrats. Or maybe they've changed yeah, over. I, oh, they probably changed the Republicans so they could vote for Trump. But <laughs> point being, like, that to me is, it really means nothing, it, right? It means like, absolutely I nothing. I mean, like, and they, they do throw it out there. And I don't think that some of them maybe did it so that they could vote against Hillary in a primary. But some of them, I think there's a lot of people out there who were longtime registered Democrats that fell in love with the idea of Trump and said, you know what I mean? Like they were, they were Democrats, but they weren't exactly a big fan right. of the direction that the party was going. I think there's plenty of that. And, and I don't necessarily like, look, I'm not exactly in love with the democratic party myself. Um, I'm also not a registered Democrat and haven't been for a long time, but um, I think there's plenty of people who, who can claim they were registered Democrats who well, decided not to be for different reasons. You know, in this one, the, I get what you're saying, and this feels icky, right? Like, this doesn't quite pass the smell test and the way this has all went down. Because this guy said his story was, you know, that he saw something happening on the news and decided since he lived in the area, he was going to go down and take the train and be a part of the festivities because it seemed right. so jovial and right. such a fun event. And, and so he goes in and he joins in and he walks in. And then the next thing you know, he kind of got caught up in it, but he had no intention of causing anybody harm. And he thought it was just a bunch of people having a good time. And then things went a little bit awry and he regrets his decision. That was his initial sort of defense. Uh, which they're about to sentence him based off that, and then comes to find out what happened was the prosecutor ends up getting a number of video basically showing him fighting and attacking a police officer and threatening him and telling the police officer to back off and stand down, you know, that, you know, this is sort of happening and that they're getting in the way of it. Uh, And that's a really different story than, oh, I just came down to be a part of the festivities, right? (laughs) You're just heading to the bingo bottle, you know, the YMCA? Well, one thing led to another, and shut up. Okay, sir. From Stripes. All right. Um... But yeah, he he clearly 
misrepresented his intentions and his role right. and the legal system before it sentenced him. Now, right, if, if they had sentenced him, then it was over. Right, so mm-hmm. no, they they can they can pull back a sentence Look, and say, "Oh, I mean, we found out more." And no, they don't pull it back. Like, all right, you've been sentenced to you know time served or probation or whatever. But if you got new evidence, you just bring new charges. Okay, right, but because it restarts the legal process once you're sentenced. That aspect is closed. Right, that but like so that you know, and I'm not necessarily opposed. Like, I would, I would have gone forth with the initial sentencing because you're not like you're bringing different charges. So I think the concern that people are thinking, oh, double jeopardy, right? But, you know, double jeopardy people is... People misuse that all the time. Right. And, and I th- but I think that's the thing that people are tripping up. Now, you know, even the court here is sort of, like, not sure how to play this, right? And, and you know, the judge is kind of like, I don't know if we should delay the sentence. But they delayed it. Um, and, and, you know, the question is, do we, do we delay the sentence and then up the charges based off this new evidence? Do we not up the charges, leave the charges as they are, but look at the sentence differently instead of going towards the lighter end of that sentence? Do you just go, do you max that sentence out? And then now he, all of a sudden he goes, because a lot of these things that people have been charged with, like they, you know, there's minimum and, and maximum right. sentences that they that they could get. So a minimum could be, you know, no more jail time and, and some sort of probation fine, and, and, fine and whatever, or it's, you know, however many months or years of jail time. Um, and so they, if they have that sort of wiggle room within the current set of charges, then maybe you just say, all right, this evidence shows that actually you were a lot more involved in this than you said. So because you were dishonest with the court and based off the evidence that we have, we're going to go ahead and give you the max sentence, which is, you know, two years in prison, which, you know, this guy goes from thinking that he's going to walk, you know, on Thursday or Friday to, you know, seriously facing uh, uh, prison time, you know, that's, that's, that's shitty in, in and of itself. Or you could, in theory, just charge him based off of, you know, the initial charges and then come back and charge him with new charges based off new evidence and, you know, and then see where things go. Now, his lawyer says, oh, well, we think these videos are going to prove that our client, you know, it says what, like, I don't know how based off what the prosecution is saying, but prosecutors have been known to lie, so we'll see. Sure. But... Chances are the video shows something that is not going to be beneficial to him, and he probably ends up doing a lot more jail time than he thought he was gonna. And I feel zero sympathy. Not a damn course said, drop. Course said, dude. All right, man. Um, I wanted to talk about some lighter stuff. If you yeah, 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 yeah. Can we? I had a great morning, afternoon. Sorry, afternoon. Uh, John Murphy, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills, came to our local Cleveland Bills backers bar. Why was he here? I, they were promoting. Oh. Funny you should ask, Steve. He's apparently um, an investor in Sullivan's Brewing, which makes um, Irish-style beers. And so, let me get her name right here. Is Sullivan's Brewing Bridge. based out of Cleveland? It is not, but it's a national thing. So, it's, okay. it's brewed in Kilkarni, Ireland, but I think oh. they have a headquarters in Buffalo. Okay. And uh, But he's he's advertising all around, and, and uh, Bridget from uh, Sullivan's Brewing was nice enough to sponsor this event and did a nice intro for him. You know, I am not shy about the fact that I'm an unabashed Bills fan. Same with you and the Steelers. I love our play-by-play guy. John Murphy is fantastic. I don't know who does Pittsburgh now. Uh, uh, you know, Myron Cope died. I, my, I don't my, listen Myron to a Cope lot of was games. A, was a, yeah, right, you don't listen to games on the right. radio. Um, I think radio broadcasting is fascinating. Yeah, it's and, great. I mean, like, listen, I mean, I've listened to plenty of games, like, you know, driving from, you know, 
I listened to a game once Steelers were playing Denver a few years back, and I was driving back from South Carolina to listen to you know a game that was infuriating that they lost. But uh, yeah, like it's great if you need it, but I just I never need it, right? Like but, I've got direct TV Sunday true. ticket. Like what the fuck do but, I need but, the radio but, for? But it's so much fun to hear the local guy. Right. Yeah. When, yeah. when you when you get the nat, when you get the nat, for you in particular, I've heard you bitch about Dan Fouts more times than you know, any it's other individual. Dan Fouts didn't have any Steelers games last year. Yeah, oh, maybe they listened to you. They said, I mean, I wrote a letter. Did you really? <laughs> of course I did. Dude, I have no. I didn't know that. I, I got no issues writing a very pointed letter to to media outlets. I and usually I assume they go nowhere, and I doubt and that that I, had I'm anything gonna, to do with it. Not the first bubble. I'm guessing that did not right. tilt the thing. Although I like, I'll just I'll take credit for it. Fuck it. Okay, fine. <laughs> Anyway, it was really cool meeting John Murphy. Got a picture with him. Um, might try to go on his show. Might get him on ours if we can make that happen. But really cool guy. And just being around a bunch of Buffalo fans and, and seeing him live in person and seeing the person whose voice I've only heard standing in front of me talking and telling stories about uh, you know life as a broadcaster. And he had a guy named Tim Alcorn, who's the radio voice of the Cavaliers. And they were kind of... I guess they're, fr- they're friends and well, they were playing around like whose job is harder, you know, who's the tougher names to say. And Tim Alcorn was like, I got to cover John, John Murphy said, you got to cover 82 games. He goes, well, I actually did 65 last year, but 65 is a lot more than 16. So right. you got a whole week to learn the names and put stuff right. in front of you. I got to do this back to back nights. Right. And it just, it was just funny to watch those guys bantering about their jobs the way you and I would. Yeah. It was cool. Um, and, and Sullivan's, uh, uh, where was the event at? It was at around the corner in Lakewood, oh, okay. which is the Bills backer bar. Gotcha. Um, and it was just it was just a, a cool cool, cool event, and, and yeah. you know, again, seeing a guy whose voice I'd been listening to for years. I mean, I used to do when when you couldn't get a Bills game in Cleveland before we had the backer bar. I would often just get on Sirius XM and just drive around listening to the game, which mm. I'm not willing to. Or I'm willing to acknowledge, a little weird, but. Well, no, I, I get it. I mean, like, if that's the only way you can, right. you know, you can access I, it, then, I, I used you to know. plan hunting trips, like, all right, I'm going to leave towards where I'm going to go hunting in yeah. the second half, and then listen to the game waiting to go out into the, you know, no, I, the I, I, listen, I, I totally get it, you know, and it was, uh, you know, I had similar issues, like, you know, I've really never lived in the same market as the Steelers, you know, being from Youngstown, I was relatively close, but it was a 50-50 shot whether you were going to get a Steelers game or a Browns game, right, right, no matter who they were playing, uh, and then, you know, going out to Massachusetts where I went to college and going into Chicago, like it was, it was really hard. Like Chicago though, it's kind of like, it's got a Steelers it's bar. It's got oh, a Steelers bar. I mean, there are probably three or four, you know, Steeler fan bars in, uh, in the city, like in Chicago well, proper. Chicago's at 8 million people. Right. I mean, it's a massive huge. city, right. I, I, and you know, it's a big sports town, so that's, that's not surprising, but, um, you know, and Steelers. I mean, look, you can find a Steeler bar, a Steeler bar in any city you go to. Right? True, true. Um, the Bills I too, mean, typically, although usually not in a town that has an NFL team. That's why I love the Cleveland Bills backers. Is we're in Cleveland, so yeah. is there a Steelers bar in Cleveland? Yeah, there's. I mean, like three I mean, or four of them. Okay, I, I'm not surprised. You're not a Steeler fan, so you wouldn't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would mean, have no reason. Yeah, to look it I up. mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, like, but I've never. It's I've, tough to do though, right? If you're if you're a bar. On a Sunday, showing another team's game with sound exclusively, you're cutting off Browns fans, and you got to worry about that for your business. You don't. <laughs> I mean, like, lot, you know what? I'm just dude. We living. started in the fucking basement, man. <laughs> I, I agree, but like you, you. I mean, it's not like it's really not a bad business model because like you're all right, like you like Sundays aren't exactly. You know, not every bar just fills up with Browns fans on on Sundays around here. So if you can pull in a guaranteed 
customer base yeah, sure. on, for, on those particular days. Like, I mean, and listen, sure. this is Cleveland, all right? This is Northeast Ohio. Like, as pissed off as people want to be about sports, they ain't giving up their alcohol, right? Like, whoever lives around the corner from that particular bar, just because it's a Steeler bar on Sunday doesn't mean they're not going to drink there oh, every true, other day true. during the week. So true. it's not going to hurt. True. You know what I mean? People you aren't going to go. You just need to draw on the fan base. I guarantee yeah. you, you will not find a Jacksonville Jaguars backer bar in Cleveland. No. But you will find a Bills and Steelers bar in Jacksonville. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, and I don't know. I've, I've never looked for a Bills would, bar outside I would of. I bet but, big money on that. I'll, you know, I mean, and, and but this is this is a conversation I have. You know, every, every fan of every team, like, oh, we got the biggest fan base. We travel. We're all over the world. I'm like, that's fine. I can document. I can, you, you, you got Steelers bars all mm-hmm. over the world. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know. I don't think there's a few teams. Steelers, Bills, Browns, Packers, Bears. Steelers and Cowboys are at the top of that list. Yeah. Nah, okay. Steelers and Cowboys okay. are at the top they of that list. I, I, mean, it's not a, phys- I mean, it's not a, even if, if you remove, like, just in terms the, of numbers, in terms of support, like, country, in terms of, you know, finding a, a, a bar for your team, like, probably, maybe, Cowboys probably over the Steelers, then... The Steelers, and then after that, it probably, you know, like the rest it, of you guys can yeah. fight it out. Okay, all right. But it's it's usually cities that have had a lot of people that had to leave. Like, yeah. with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the ultimate bandwagon team. People yeah. like the Cowboys because of whatever reason. Well, because of the, the 70s and, and the 90s. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, but, I mean, and that's, I mean, like, bandwagon or not. Like, I mean, right. we still got a lot of fans. Like, and you're right, the Bills... You know, like Buffalo had a people, a lot of people who had to leave to go other places to make money. Yep, to get Pittsburgh, the same thing. Yep, um, but it's a little, thing. but it's a little bit different with like so, like the Steelers and the Cowboys. Though, I mean, the Steelers are a pretty big bandwagon team, right? Like, there's a lot of people who are like my dad is from Youngstown, and Youngstown is split. But my dad's a big fan of the Steelers because they they won all the Super Bowls in the seventies. Yep. Yeah, right. And then I became one because at six, my dad said, uh, "You're a fan of the Steelers, or you can move out." Right, and I was six, so where the fuck was I gonna go? Now, before you vilify your dad for that, I've seen you threaten to take away your daughter's bike for saying, "Here we go, brownies. Here we go." This is a true. I learned it from somewhere. (laughs) I learned it from somewhere, right? I I never said I was a perfect dad or a good dad, but I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I mean, so I I guess it's a. And your child was taunting you, so there's that. Right, she's such an asshole, but um, which I can say that about my kid because it's true sometimes, and so can you. She's pretty mean to me, so I'm not going to call her that name, but she can be pretty brutal to me. But yeah, I, I just I don't know. I mean, and, and, and it's fun, and I think it, there's a certain level of subjectiveness to it. But if you think about it, like you, when you look at the, su- the success that the Steelers had in the '70s, their continuity, you know, Chuck Knoll, Terry Bradshaw, and then you know Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. We've only had three coaches, right? Um, you know, and all three of the coaches have had a lot of success. We've got so many Hall of Famers. Um, you know, a lot of people can connect with sort of the old school Steelers, and people get pissed about you know the, some of the newer stuff going on, but. You know, like, it just, I think that popularity from the 70s and then, you know, how things happen, you know, like people moving Mm -hmm. out of Pittsburgh and everything else, um, that's, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And then the fact that they just were able to have so much success through the 90s and through the 2000s. This this could be a a segment uh, for the next couple weeks because we're heading into season, heading into the regular season, Bills, Steelers, week one, we're both going to Buffalo. Yeah, we'll talk to you about that when it happens. We're pretty much at an hour, so let's wrap this up. Unless you got something to close with. No, I'm good. I just uh, note to self: I need to get a hotel room for that trip. I yeah, we said to, I was we'll, going to do it. I forgot. We'll Oops. plan that. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us on social media. We're done.